Welcome to the first episode of the Inspirant Group Podcast. My name is Daniel Lay, and I am your host. So if you're a regular listener here, today is going to be somewhat of a transitionary episode. So Project Violet, my company, was actually acquired in September. And today on this episode, I'm going to be talking about that acquisition, where we're going to take this podcast with Inspirant Group, and finally, my own journey of transformation, becoming a COO for the first time in my career. So thanks for stopping by, and let's just jump right into it. So why get acquired? That is a question that, as I was reaching out to people and letting them know that Project Violet was acquired, was the number one question. And it's a great question. Since I was a kid, becoming a CEO and owning my own career was always a dream of mine. And I would have to say the past four and a half years building Project Violet to where it is now has been a, an incredible journey. There's been a lot of stress, anxiety, also a lot of enjoyment, um, a lot of success and a lot of failures and lessons learned. And really at the end of the four and a half years and going to year five, Project Violet hit a point where it needed to grow and scale. And looking at my own strengths and weaknesses and what I needed in a core leadership team, it really came down to three roles. Number one was someone who could really handle the talent and organization. This is someone who is not just someone, an HR person, but someone who really cares about people, who really cares about fostering a culture and really aligned with my values. That was super important to me. Number two is sales. Sales are, is so important in business and it's something that I can do. It's not something that I'm the best at and it's definitely something that I do not enjoy doing. And you always wanna find that balance of something that you do well and something that you enjoy doing. Sales is not it for me. <laughs> but you need sales to grow. Every business needs sales and revenue coming in. It's like oxygen for a business. And that's something that I really needed. Number three was someone that was technical, a chief technical officer. Even though I'm a consultant in technology and health IT, and I can handle those technical conversations, it's always, you always need someone who has that background to have those super technical conversations and can really build the correct strategy and architecture for the solutions that you're putting together. So those three roles were what I really, really needed to grow and scale. So where do you find those people? What I just described is a very specific skill set, a very specific person who has the experience, the capabilities, the expertise. It's, it's really tough to find. And as I was looking into the market, looking at my own network, Insprint Group just kept coming back up. Looking at their three founders, there is Meg, who is now the CEO, who was formerly the chief people officer. There's Amir, who is now the chief growth officer. And then there's Chris V, who is the chief technical officer. So let's start with Meg. Meg is someone who has a huge heart for people and someone that really cares about nurturing and fostering a culture in a company. It's one of her top priorities. She can handle the whole talent and organization aspect, but at the core of it, she cares about people and creating a people-first organization. So she's perfect for that role. Number two is Amir. If you don't know Amir, uh, he's a great salesman, uh, a great storyteller. He's someone that when he starts talking about an event or about a solution or a project, is someone that just you just immediately get engaged into the conversation and you really buy in. 
And he's someone who's also strategic. So he kind of layers in the strategy and the storytelling together where you see the value, you understand the value, but you really buy in and get engaged with what he's saying. He's just a phenomenal salesperson with a very strategic mind. Number three is Chris V. He's the chief technical officer. Chris V is probably one of the smartest people that I know, and he's incredibly technical. But he's one of those technical guys who is able to explain very complex systems and ideas and concepts to a point where someone dumb like me can understand. And that takes a lot of skill and intelligence. Chris V is a man of very few words, but when he needs you to understand something, he is able to explain it in a way where you get it and you understand the details. And it's something that I haven't seen very often in my career. Finally, the last part of the, this journey to the acquisition really was a lot of introspection on myself and thinking through what do I bring to the table? What type of leadership style do I have? And what does it take to be a true CEO of a, of a great company? And do I really fit that? Am I a number one in an organization or does it make sense for me to be maybe a number two? And as, as I, I was thinking through all those things and COO really makes a lot of sense. I'm not much of a visionary. Um, I'm more of a problem solver if I really think about what I do and what I do well. I'm very good at identifying what needs to get done, great at planning, communicating, and executing. And as I thought about the growth of Project Violet and who I am as a person, it did make a lot of sense to be a COO and maybe spend some time as a number two in an organization uh, because that's what fit my strengths. So there you go. With that in mind and with the numbers in the negotiation process really aligning to what made sense to me, the acquisition made sense and I decided to pull the trigger. And here we are. So where does this podcast go from here? Well, we're not closing up shop. There is phenomenal talent, knowledge, and expertise just in at InSprint Group. And this podcast is going to be a great way to showcase that and to provide value to you as listeners. When I first came on board, we were in the middle of a realignment in the marketing and the services that the company offers. And as we were thinking of what we were going to use as a tagline to market all of this, the idea of taking companies from inspiration to transformation really hit home for me. The name of Inspirant Group is rooted in inspiration. Looking at even my own life, everything that I've pursued starts with that small kernel of inspiration. It's what kicks off every journey of transformation and what sustains me through the difficult times and makes me want to come back day in and day out to really see it through to the end. The idea of that journey from inspiration to transformation is going to be the foundation of this podcast. We're going to talk about transformation in our careers, in our business, and in our lives. What are the best practices and lessons learned on how we've gone through that journey from inspiration to transformation? So what do I foresee coming up? Well, there's definitely going to be guests that come on and talk about their transformations. We're going to provide insight into what we're doing with our own company as we evolve and grow. And what we really want to do is talk about experience in some way that may help you, your team, or your company on its own journey from inspiration to transformation. 
Hopefully that didn't come off as too salesy. I actually wrote out a few thoughts on that. Um, but we want to hear back from you as listeners. So as we go, we're going through this and there are things that you like or dislike, uh, we definitely want to know. But the whole idea of the podcast, of diving into your journey from inspiration to transformation in your career, in your business, and in your life is what this podcast is going to be all about. And finally, in this last segment, I wanted to talk about my own transformation journey of how I'm moving into this new COO role. When I first started onboarding, uh, there was some anxiety, a lot, uh, you know, some self-doubt. And in any new role or any challenging position on a project that I move into, I've always found myself coming back to this one book, and it's called The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins. And it really just helps me when I have a ton of thoughts running through my mind and all these different things that I'm trying to accomplish when I first start, it really gives a good framework of how to integrate quickly, how to accelerate your learning, and really get to your break-even point. So that's when you're adding more value to your team than when you're consuming. I'm getting to the end of my first 90 days um, at the end of this month, and that book really helped me provide a framework of what I needed to do. Now, in a bout of self-doubt late at night, I did go on Amazon and buy a book that's literally called How to Be a Chief Operating Officer. And reading through that book, I realized that maybe books aren't the best way for me to learn and process information. Uh, what I've found, in, at least in my own life, is that I like to find people that I admire um, that are putting themselves out in the media and just voraciously consuming all their content, their interviews, their podcasts, and really gleaming the high-level concepts and ideas and the lessons learned that they have and applying it to my life. So I don't think any book or any person can really give you a step-by-step -step guide for anything that you're doing in your own life, but you can really take those principles that point you in the right direction and then kind of figure it out from there. The rest is really up to you. But in this whole process and trying to figure out what the COO role really is, uh, there are two people that I found that I really admire now, and I've, I've been just diving into all their interviews and podcasts. The first is a person called Claire Hughes Johnson. And when I was doing all this research, I actually found that the Fortune Women's Conference, I think that's what it's called, it was really helpful. And they were doing a panel of all these COOs. And I really liked Claire in that interview. I felt her advice was very pointed and uh, insightful. I felt she was probably the most authentic out of the panel. And from there, I just launched into a bunch of interviews and talks that she did. And I, I learned a lot. And one of the main things which really helped me was she <laughs> describes the COO role as really a non-role. <laughs> and your job really is to, and what I've learned looking at different CEO, COOs is that your job is really to complement the CEO and really fill the gaps in what they can't do, you know, mostly from a bandwidth perspective, but also from a capabilities perspective. And your job as the COO is to figure those things out and then to attack those gaps. And that's why as a COO role, you really need to have, I believe she described this as business athleticism so that you can go into these different areas, spin them up and get them running um, 
in those areas where the CEO can't or they may not have those gaps in capabilities in the company. So your COO role is very malleable and, and it changes. And when you do, you look at interviews of different COOs, their roles are completely different. In companies where the CEO is more technical, they usually own product development and, and you know, stuff related to the engineering side of the house, where the COO, like a, you know, a Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg, for example, comes in and really runs the businesses, the sales, you know, marketing, all that kind of stuff. Um, where in other places where the CEO is more apt of you know, sales and storytelling and vision, the COO comes in and runs product development or you know, more the ops you know, focus. So it, it really changes. It depends on you know, your CEO and figuring out how you can complement them to the best of your capabilities. I'll link a couple talks that she has in the show notes, but um, the idea of operating principles and how to really use them in your company is something that I've gotten from her. The idea of lightweight processes to not only increase speed in the company, but to improve clarity, which is, I think, a very important job of a COO to simplify and clarify how we do business. Um, so I've learned a lot from Claire, and, and I'm really thankful that she has put herself out there and really shared and, and provided value in a lot of ways um, very publicly. Uh, the, the next is actually Keith Raboy. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but uh, when I started Project Violet, uh, I needed to understand how to run a company. And one of the ways that I did that was I found these lectures from Stanford. And I would say you don't need to get it. If you're just going to be an entrepreneur and start a company, you don't need an MBA. You can probably just watch these videos and you're, you're set. You, need, you can probably figure out the rest. But he was leading a lecture I believe it was lecture 14, and it was just titled How to Operate. And Keith is a, a known, well-known COO. He's a venture capitalist as well. And there's a lot of things in that lecture that I've taken um, and started applying as well in my role as COO, even it's, you know it's only been two months. But the idea, he goes into this idea of when you're moving into these leadership positions, you need to really gauge if you are doing more writing or more editing. And what he means by that is, are you the one that's building things from scratch? Or are you the one that is getting those pieces of built technology or um, whatever product or whatever services or whatever you're doing, a marketing article, are you the one writing it or are you the one editing? And as you move into these leadership positions, you need to really pull yourself out of the writing and more into the editing. And that's something that I need, I, I struggle with, and especially f for being a solopreneur for so long, I'm just used to doing everything myself. And, you know, one of my tendencies is just to go in and do it because I've done it and I know how to do it and I know how I like to do it. But when you move into these leadership positions, you need to start delegating down as much as possible. And you need to be the editor and the person at the top um, who is looking at the big picture and spending the time editing so that you have time to focus on you know, your larger role as a whole. Now, to be able to do that, and that being moving into an editor role versus a writing role, you need to have good people on your team that can do the writing. And he talks a lot about recruiting the right people and finding the people that can really take things from conception to reality. That's so hard to find in the market. He describes staff and employees as being one of two groups. You're either a barrel or an ammunition. 
and you you can think of it like a cannon you know you can hire a ton of ammunition but your your output is really constrained to how many barrels or cannons that you have and what you really want to find is those barrels so that you can hire a ton of ammunition and they become the people that guide and really drive work and really produce the output you know all the writing that i was just talking about so it's really finding those people that can have that business athleticism people that can take things like i said from conception to reality those are really difficult people to find and when you find them you really need to uh, reward them and f- you know figure out how to keep them on your teams because your entire output and the velocity of work that you can get out into the market or into your company is really restricted by how many barrels you have so a lot of my thought process now is who is our next hire who are the next people that we bring into the company and those people need to be barrels um, we're not going to spend time just hiring staff that are that are essentially ammunition we need to find those barrels out there bring them into our company and really reward them and support them so that they can take the ideas and really drive the work forward as my my role is taking shape i really see myself as really helping prepare the organization for its next stage of growth and i know in that process you know we're still a small company there's going to be some writing that i have to do um, on top of the editing um, but who we bring in next and the next group of employees you know really thinking about that and and wanting to find those barrels out there so that we could be prepared and and really hit the market at a higher velocity of output Well, that's the episode for today. Um, if you want to learn more about Insprint Group, you can visit our website at insprintgrp.com. We're also on social media, and you can follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and any of the social medias out there. Our handle is insprintgrp. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you join us for our next episode. We are launching some new stuff at Insprint Group, and I can't talk about it today but we will dive into all the details about all the exciting things that are coming out soon in our next episode. So stay tuned. I hope you come back and thank you again for listening. Mm-hmm.